I want to read in a, an account in the Gospels that's found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke about this woman and her encounter with Jesus. And Jesus said to this woman at the end of their encounter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. It's a pretty incredible story. A story that is, by all accounts, a miracle that, that Jesus performed. It is one that's unique because at the time, Jesus didn't even really know he, he performed this miracle. It just kind of happened. And so that's pretty, pretty unique when you think about it. Uh, there's this woman who struggled with an issue for many, many years, and she comes to Jesus. And if you know the story now, this is the woman that touched the border, or touched the hem of Jesus' clothes or His garments, as the Bible says in different, different areas. And He turns to this woman and He says, Thy faith hath made thee whole. You know, I've heard this story many times. I've, I've read over it several times in the, in the past. I've heard songs that were saying about this account and this example. And I've always thought, well, that's great. That's cool. That's, it's a miracle. That's awesome. She was, she was whole. Wow, look at her faith. She touched his garment. and She's whole. And that's great. And this time I dug a little bit deeper. And I really have come to admire this woman, not just for her faith, but for what she went through. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to spend a good deal of time just understanding this woman, understanding her condition, understanding what was going on there. And I think we just need to start by reading all three of the examples where Matthew, Mark, and Luke record what went on there. And they all recorded different things. They all took a few different high points, I guess, from that story and wrote down different things. Matthew records there in chapter 9, the 20th verse, And behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And so Matthew records this woman. She, she came from behind to Jesus. Uh, we know that Jesus would have been traveling. And I, I, in my mind, when I picture it, He's just walking down some dirt road. I, I, that's what I see. And I see all these people around Him. And when I read this, I picture this woman sneaking through and, and trying to get close to Him as she can and and there's people pushing and shoving, and she finally reaches out and just barely gets his coat. And that's, that's kind of what I, what I picture in, in my own mind. You may and probably do picture something else. Mark records in, in a few more words here, saying, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched His garment. For she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her, 
that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And so Mark gives us a few more uh, details. He gives us a little bit more information there. And uh, I like comedy, and I feel like the, the only comedy that can come out of this story is told by Mark, where he records that Jesus... In this press, and that's, I guess, what gives me the idea of the press, like people pressing and pushing. I used to go to some NBA games when I was younger, and I, I loved to try to meet those guys. I'd go ahead of the game, and they'd have you on the edge of the stadium, and you could get down near where the tunnel. And if somebody popular was coming through, I would consider that a press. You'd be pushed, you'd be squeezed from behind. Everybody would be trying to get to that famous part. And I feel like that's what was going on here with Jesus. They were all pressing, trying to get near this man. They'd seen him perform other miracles. Little did they know they're about to perform another one. Back to the comedy. So they say, Jesus feels this virtue go out of him. And he says, who, who touched me? And the disciples go, Jesus, there's like dozens, if not hundreds of people here pushing and pressing, and you're wondering who touched you? Um, everybody? <laughs> the way I feel like they said that. But Mark does give us some more information there about what was going on. He, he paints a little bit better picture. He tells us a little bit more about this woman's background. He talks about how that woman was scared. She was trembling when, when Jesus turned around and, and caught her, so, uh, I guess. And then Luke, uh, in, in the 8th chapter, records this, the same miracle. And a woman have an issue, having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and thou sayest, Who touched thee? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him, she declared unto him, before all the people, for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. It really is an incredible story, isn't it? This woman had an issue of blood 12 years. The Bible said she had some health issues for 12 years. She went to all the physicians she could. Nobody could fix her. Nobody could help her. And she comes to Jesus. She hears that Jesus is near. And she goes and she, she fights through the people just at a chance to touch His clothes. Knowing in herself, telling herself, if I, if I can only touch His clothes, if I could just touch the border of His garment, I will be made whole. That's an incredible story of faith. And there's some questions that we immediately have to ask ourselves. There's some questions we immediately have to wonder within ourselves. Do, do I have that level of faith? Do I put that kind of trust in the Lord today? If not, how can I get there? What makes this woman so much different than me? How, how come I can't have that kind of faith in the Lord? Let's take a step back and let's understand what this woman's struggles were. What her issue was, as the Bible calls it, an issue or a disease of blood. And this can be not 
fun to talk about. This can be somewhat graphic, I suppose. Um, but I think it's important that we understand what this issue was. And the Bible doesn't say exactly, but we have some good evidence to, to put together to realize what this problem was. First of all, we know this woman was, was bleeding for 12 years. I want you to go back and I want you to think about having any kind of issue for 12 years, but what about bleeding? Where were you 12 years ago? I'm, I just turned 26 years old. 12 years ago, I was 14 years old. My freshman year of high school. And I just wonder if I had a, a cut on my finger and had been bleeding from then till now, how that would have just disadvantaged me in so many ways on the end of my finger. Constantly having to change a bandage. I'd have gone through four years of high school, bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. I'd have gone through four years of college, bleeding the whole time. I've been out of college four years now. I've been bleeding the whole time. Think about how, that, how disadvantaged you'd be just from bleeding from your finger. This woman wasn't bleeding from her finger. and All of what we can tell from this story means she was bleeding from a private area. So it's going to be a little harder for us guys to understand what that may be like or, or how that would be or the struggles that you go through with that. But that's what, that's what the evidence of the Bible tells us and we'll read a little bit more about that here in just a moment. But we know that she was very, very likely she was bleeding from a private area for 12 straight years. I want you to just go through the process of, of what this woman did. I, I think we can with little imagination, kind of understand what she went through, or at least have an idea. you got to imagine she, she had been bleeding, and she told herself, finally, if, if I don't stop bleeding tomorrow, I'm going to the doctor. I've, I've got a little bit of money saved up here. I was going to use it for X, Y, Z. But if I, if I don't stop by tomorrow, I've, I've got to go to the doctor. And, and tomorrow comes, and she goes, well, if, if I'm not done by... This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. You're invited to join us at our worship assemblies each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. By noon. I'm going to give it till noon. And she's still bleeding. And so she, she takes her money that she gathered up and she goes to the doctor. She goes to see the physician. And I have an idea that she probably put a lot of faith in that physician. She put a lot of trust in that doctor. She probably went and saw him and he said, Oh, I've seen this before. This was not an uncommon issue. I, I can fix this. We'll, we'll put this, uh, we'll give you this ointment, we'll give you this pill to take. I don't know what the doctor would have told her. Well, we can fix this. And she had a lot of hope in her heart. And so she goes home and she does whatever the doctor told her to do and she wakes up the next morning and she's still bleeding. She tells her friends. She tells her family. She told her husband, whoever. I don't know how old the woman was. And they said, well, did you really do exactly what he said? It's the same stuff we do today. Did you really do exactly like he said in the same exact way he told you? So she tries again and she wakes up the next morning and she's still bleeding. And so she goes back to the doctor. And he says, well, we're going to up the dosage. We're going to try something different. And she's still bleeding. And she goes back to the doctor. And they try something else. And she's still bleeding. And she goes to another doctor. And another doctor. And another doctor. 
another doctor and another doctor for 12 years. That's hard to imagine. What all she went through. Mark and Luke tell us, uh, Mark's the one I'm mostly basing this off of, tell us that this woman suffered for those 12 years. Physically, she suffered. The Bible tells us that she suffered poverty. That her health continued to decline. Imagine her dwindling hope. She had so much trust in those doctors. You know what she went? You know what the second doctor she went to said? Oh yeah, I can, I can handle that. And she probably felt a great amount of hope. And then it didn't work. And the third doctor said, oh, we'll try this. I bet this will work. And it didn't work. Think about her, her trust in, in doctors dwindling, her, her hope for her quality of life dwindling. She becomes less and less hopeful. Mark chapter 5, the 26th verse there says, And she suffered many things of many physicians. I imagine they did trial runs. They tested new experiments on this woman. She was willing to do anything to relieve these problems. Over and over and over and over again. How many doctors can you go to in 12 years? How many things can you suffer from a new doctor in 12 years? The Bible says she suffered many things of many physicians. The Bible says that she struggled through poverty. It says that she spent all that she had. She didn't have anything left. She saved up a little bit of money and went to the doctor's. And then she saved up a little bit more money and she went to the doctor. And then she started having to sell things to go to the doctor. Pretty soon she didn't have anything left. She was alone. She, had a, she didn't have anything in the world. Probably to the point of, of hardly being able to scrape together some money to go buy some food. The Bible says that she was nothing bettered of these attempts, but rather she grew worse. To make matters worse, she suffered and suffered and went to doctor after doctor, didn't have a dime to her name, and continued to get worse. Think about your, your dwindling hope in a, in a time like this. Think about how weak this woman was as she continued to bleed more and more and more. This was the woman that pushed through a crowd, that fought through a crowd to get to Jesus. She was weak. And to make matters even worse, she was considered unclean. If you'll grab your Bible, we're not going to have this on the screen today. If you'll turn to Leviticus chapter 15, I want to read you some of the evidences I talked about before. If we'll start in the, in the 25th verse of this chapter. This whole chapter is, is talking about uh, the issue of blood or bleeding. It talks about men who have a problem bleeding or have open wounds. It talks about women in the same way. And then in verse 25, it shifts gears very slightly and talks about the exact same issue that this woman was going through. And what it meant in this day and time, in this day and age, if you were going through the exact problem this woman was going through. 
Starting there in the 25th verse of Leviticus chapter 15, it says, And if a woman have an issue of blood many days out of the time of her separation, longer than she's supposed to, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of her issue, of the issue of her uncleanness, excuse me, shall be as the days of her separation, she shall be unclean. Verse number 26 says, Every bed whereon she lieth all the days of her issue shall be unto her as the bed of her separation, and whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean as the uncleanness of her separation. So not only that, not only is she considered unclean, anything she lays on is considered unclean. Any chair that she sits on is considered unclean. Anything this woman's going around and touching is unclean. Verse number 27 says, And whosoever toucheth those things shall be unclean, and shall wash his clothes, and shall bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the even. Not only is she unclean, or the things that she touch unclean, anybody who touches her or touches those things are unclean. They must go and they must wash. They must wash their clothes. And they got to be separated from their family for the rest of the day. They're considered unclean for the rest of the day. Verse number 28. But if she be cleansed of her issue, then she shall number to herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. So not only that, not only is she unclean, not only is every bed or chair she lies on unclean, not only is everyone who touches those things considered unclean and for the rest of the day after they wash, but once her issue of blood ceases, once she finally ceases that problem, then she's got to sit out for another week. She's unclean for another seven days. And the Bible goes on to talk about how on that eighth day she's got to bring some sacrifices to a priest and so on and so forth. To make all these matters worse, this woman's had this issue of blood 12 years. She's suffered many things of many physicians. She's not only not got better, but she's gotten worse this whole time. She's poor as church mice, but she's considered unclean. So not only is she going through these problems, but she's alone. No one wants to be near this woman. If I go and I touch this woman or touch anything she's been touching, then I have to stay away from my family and my loved ones for the rest of the day. This woman was a reject. She was rejected for her problem. She was alone. I think that's part of her, I guess, attempt in getting near Jesus. I I couldn't help but wonder. Luke says that she came behind him and just touched the border of his garment. She was scared. Anybody she touches is unclean. Now, I'm going to go touch the Son of God and let's see what they do to me. I bet she was scared. It says she came behind him. She would, she probably got low and, and hid through that crowd just to try to get near Jesus. And when Jesus felt that virtue go out of him, as I believe it uh, said in, in Luke or, or Matt, uh, Mark, I can't remember now, he turns around and says, who touched me? And everybody denied it. She probably went, I think maybe that's because she knew that if she touched Jesus or if anybody caught her there and knew who she was, she was probably going to be in trouble, wasn't she? Probably wasn't going to be too happy with her. 
Verse number 47 of Luke chapter 8 says, And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She was scared. Alone, suffering, poor, and scared. She had no hope left up till the moment before she touched Jesus, did she? Suffering, poor, getting worse, and unclean. Alone, nobody want to get near you for 12 years. She was up against it. And then she put her faith in the Lord. What an incredible story. We all like a good comeback story. We all like a, an underdog. This woman is it. She didn't have nothing to go in her way. And then she put her faith in the Lord. When she lost faith in all humanity, when she lost faith in all the doctors and all the physicians and anything that man could do, she went to Jesus. And we look at her faith and her faith of saying, if I could just touch his clothes, that's a pretty incredible level of faith. I want you to notice what Jesus says to her whenever she puts her faith in the Lord, whenever she, weak and alone, fights through that crowd and pushes through that crowd to get to Jesus and just barely touches His clothes. What does Jesus say to this woman? Jesus said unto her, Daughter. Imagine the emotion this woman probably felt no one, no one wanting to be her friend. No one wanting to be near her for 12 years. And here comes the Son of God, and He calls her daughter. He recognizes her. He sees her soul. I believe that if we put our faith in the Lord today, we get the same reaction from the Lord. If you're a child of His and you're willing to come near to Jesus, if you're nearing, willing rather to come near the Lord, we see this over and over again through different examples in the Scripture. Try the story of the prodigal son. The Lord will recognize us as a child of His. Jesus then says to her, after He recognizes her as a daughter, He says, be of good comfort. He says, go in peace. He does the same thing as we see in the story of the prodigal son. He, he recognizes his child and he, he comforts that child. When that child finally puts faith in him and turns away from the world to put their faith in the Lord, he says, be of good comfort. He reassures her that all her problems are taken care of. That as long as she's putting her faith in him, that she has nothing to worry about. That she can go in peace now. A luxury that this woman hasn't had for 12 years. Go in peace. Don't worry about what's going to happen. He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. Jesus wasn't wearing magic garments. It was this woman's faith in him. It was her willingness to turn away from the world, and the physicians and doctors of the world, put her faith in the Lord. It was her example of faith by pushing through that crowd and fighting her way to Jesus and 
knowing in herself. It says she knew in herself that if she could just touch Jesus' clothes, she would be made whole. Where's our faith today? Do we have that kind of faith today in the Lord? Are we trusting in the Lord that much? And if not, I'd want to know what's keeping me from trusting in the Lord that much. What's keeping my faith from being like the faith of this woman who is bleeding? Jesus reassures us today. Our Lord reassures us today that if we come to Him in faith, He will react in the exact same way. He gives us confirmation of that over and over again in the Scriptures. If we come to Him, He's going to receive us as a child of His. He's going to comfort us. Tell us to go in peace and reward us for our faith in Him. I want to ask you today as we get ready to wind up our study, what will you do with your faith? This woman did something incredible with her faith. She defied the odds, I guess, if you will, with her faith. She went all in on the Lord, if you will, with her faith. What do we do with our faith? In Luke chapter 18, an example I probably don't even have to read, uh, the rich young ruler, he, he comes to Jesus and he says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him this list of things that, he, that he's got to do. And the rich young ruler, he's feeling pretty good. And he says in the 21st verse, all these things have I kept from my youth up. I've done all these things. And Jesus heard that and He said unto him, Yet thou lackest thou one thing, sell all thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow Me. And when He heard this, He was very sorrowful, for He was very rich. And when Jesus saw that He was very sorrowful, Jesus says, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? You know what this man was doing? He was putting his trust in his possessions and his things. His faith was in those things. His pleasure was in those things. In those possessions. In those riches. What Jesus is saying is, how hardly shall they that have riches, that have great possessions, put their trust in me. People that have a lot of things, that put their trust in the world, how hardly shall they enter into the kingdom of God. What did this woman have? She didn't have nothing. And when she didn't have nothing, she was closest to Jesus. It may have taken her losing everything to realize that. How hardly shall they that put their trust or put their faith in riches enter into the kingdom of God? 1 Timothy in the 6th chapter says, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Our, our, our vision gets blurred. We become blinded by the things of this world. We begin to trust in the things of this world. They're here, they're now. We see them. We can enjoy them now. And we put our trust in them. Timothy records that we shouldn't trust in uncertain. We, we, push, we shouldn't put our faith and uncertain riches. This woman learned that exact lesson. Don't put your trust, don't put your faith in your physical health. 
Don't put your faith, your trust in, in physical possessions that you have in life. She learned that they're uncertain. In the most brutal way possible, she learned that lesson. The word trust there is uh, going to be translated as, as a verse, or rather as the word that we see in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word hoped for in that verse is the word we see trust here. Nor hope in uncertain riches. I couldn't help but be a little bit reminded of, of Solomon with this woman for, for some odd reason. Solomon, he went and he builded all the things he could build and he enjoyed all the lust and all the pleasures that this world had to offer. And he was looking for pleasure. He was looking for joy. And he said at the end that all was vanity and vexation of spirit. It was all a waste. It was all a hallucination. It was all not real. It was uncertain riches, as Timothy would have put it. And I feel like that's kind of like this woman was. She, she put her trust in doctor after doctor after doctor. What else was she going to do? We'd have done the same thing, wouldn't we? When she realized that was uncertain, when she realized it wasn't going to work, and when she'd been bleeding for year after year after year for 12 years, she put her faith in the Lord. We trust in the world with your faith today. We have this faith. We all have this faith and we, we can do whatever we want with it. We can put it in our things. We can put it in our spouse or in our children or in our grandparents or in our best friend or in our toys or in our money. Or we can put it in the Lord. And Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1 as we mentioned just a second ago. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I looked at this verse just a little differently this time, as I have in, in times past, I read a couple commentaries. Uh, there's a couple words that I've really liked here. And one of that is that the word substance here could, can kind of be translated or, or substituted with the word confidence. Or what I liked a lot was the word reality instead of the word substance. And then if, if you think of hope as we just translated it before, it's the same word that we saw in 1 Timothy 6 and 17, which is trust or trusted in. And that verse kind of means a little bit more than if we say, now faith is the reality of things we trust in. The evidence of things not seen. We're going to make our faith, whatever we hope in, whatever we trust in, whatever we put our faith in, we're going to make it reality. That's a powerful thing to think about. Now faith is the reality of the things you hope for, of the things you put your trust in. If you want to put your faith in the Lord today, if you truly put your trust in Him and you put your faith in Him, you will make that your reality. It will be your living reality. And there will be evidence of that, Hebrews 11 tells us. There will be evidence of that in our life. And consequently, the exact same thing will happen if we put our faith, if we put our trust in the world or in our items and our toys and our money. That will become our reality. There will be evidence of that in our lives. Faith is the reality of the things you put your trust in. What will you make your reality? 
Will you hope with your faith? Will you make Jesus your reality? Will you keep your faith? Paul says that he kept the faith. He finished his course. He fought a good fight. He had faith. Not in a different way than we have faith. We have the exact same kind of faith that Paul had today. Will we keep that faith? Over and over and over again throughout the years, we see people who become a Christian and who what we, we use the, where they fell away. Well, they couldn't keep up. We say different things about, about these people. They, they go back to their life of whatever they enjoyed before or whatever sin might draw them away from the Lord. Maybe their job, maybe their family. What we're saying is well, they didn't keep the faith. This is highlighted in the parable of the sower. There were many of those people who, many of those souls who received the word with joy, who took it into their heart. But the care and the deceitfulness of the riches of this world came up and it choked it out of them. They didn't keep the faith. Will you hope with your faith today? Will you keep your faith today? Will you serve the kingdom with your faith today? Hebrews 12 says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Will you hope with your faith today for the coming of the Lord? Will you keep your faith today throughout whatever life throws at you? Throughout whatever temptations may come or may arise. But will you serve the kingdom with your faith today? I want to challenge you today to make serving the kingdom your reality of faith. What are you without your faith? think about this woman. What was she without her faith? What a sad story without her faith. What an awful story without her faith. Without her faith, she was an unclean, poor, weak, suffering, rejected, defiled, lonely woman. That's all she was. She was nothing without her faith. Without her faith, I don't want her to touch me. I don't want her to be near me. She'll make me unclean. That's all she was without her faith. She was nothing. She was an outcast. Are we any different? We're no different without our faith. We're unclean, we're defiled, we're broken. We can have the same faith this woman had, can't we? So I ask you one final question as we prepare to sing an invitation song at this time. If, if you want to have this kind of faith, you, you can have that kind of faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's not an intricate equation, is it? 
you haven't been baptized in the Lord today, reach out and touch the hem of His garment in baptism. Better yet, be clothed with Him in baptism, as the Bible tells us. If you're a child of His and you feel like you've fallen away, reach out and touch the hem of the Lord's garment and recognize how He responded to that woman and how I promise He'll respond to you if you reach out to Him in faith today. He says, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon podcast. If you would like more information or have questions about what you have heard, email us at cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash wheelerareacfc.com.